If you have your scripture with you, your Bible, you can look at Isaiah chapter 61. I will be reading from Isaiah and from Colossians. As you see it in your, in your bulletin. The first scripture from Isaiah. You know, preachers are allowed to make mistakes once in a while only. So I'm going to ask you, instead of looking at Isaiah 61, like I wrote in the bulletin, let's take away 10 chapters and just go to 51. I promise, I won't change the verses. I just made that mistake from 51 to 61. So it is actually 51, verses 9 through 11, Wake up, wake up, O Lord. Clothe yourself with strength. Flex your mighty right arm. Rise yourself as in the days of old when you slew Egypt, the dragon of the Nile. Are you not the same today, the one who dried up the sea, making a path of escape through the depths so that your people could cross over? Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing Crowned with everlasting joy, sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. This is the word of the Lord. I also have the other portion that I would like to share with you from Colossians chapter 3, and that is correct, chapter 3. And I'm going to begin with verse 9 and add two more to what you got. So I've got more for you. We're going to add two more. And we'll read through verse 15. Now, to, to find out where we're at here, Paul is writing to the church of Colossians. And Paul actually, in this chapter, he is comparing the way of life when you were not a believer, when you were not a disciple of Christ, to the way of life as you are a disciple of Christ. He is actually trying to encourage the church to, to kind of change their ways a little bit, to kind of be more in line with who Jesus is, which is an encouragement that we all can definitely use in our days. And Paul writes to the Colossians saying, but now it is time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and look at this one, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, 
humility, gentleness, and patience. For Christ has forgiven you, you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. This is the word of the Lord. You got to say that twice today, so you better not complain. We have been talking for the last month, and next week will be the end of our series concerning diversity. And for the sake of summary, the first Sunday we talked about the amazing things that God created in nature and how God intended diversity to be part of his creation, and this diversity in creation was good. What was the phrase that we learned? Let's say it all together. And he created it of all kinds and it was good. And he created it of all kinds, and it was good. We found out that God's creation was good for us, even for today. In the following week, we then found out and discovered that God not only created a world, a system that could sustain us, that we could live in, that we could enjoy and, and develop relationships with it and with other people, but God also created all kinds of foods. And that's that second mantle that Maria is sitting close to. You don't know, I'll, talk, I'll, I'll tell you later who she is. And, and, and that's where the food is at. And, and then we also discovered that the other Sunday that God also created amazing ways of dwellings for his creatures. And we, because we have that DNA of creation, are also able to create amazing dwellings. And that's the third panel that we have over there with different houses. Now, in the food one, we found out also that God not only provides food for us and for the Chinese that don't eat what we eat, but yet they're nourished. But we found out also that God provides for our nourishment in our souls that God provides nourishment for our spirits. And in the housing one, in the dwellings one, we find out that God is present with us no matter where we live, whether we live in the little chanty town or we live in the great palace. Whether we, you live in my mission field, I don't know if you heard the story that one day I was in the Amazon as a missionary and, and I was supposed to do a five-day research and the way of living was so rough, and, and it was slipping in, outside in the heat of the jungle with all animal kind of stuff dropping on me at night, uh, that I reached my conclusions in three days. <laughs> Quick. And as I was flying back to the city uh, uh, from the jungle in the Amazon, this was in Venezuela, as I was flying back into the city of Caracas, uh, God spoke to me. Uh, right as the airplane, this little airplane, which I was holding the door and holding myself to the pilot's seat, um, yeah, ta -ta 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 kind of thing. And, and as I was flying down into, into the airport in Caracas, the one in the city, not at the bottom, uh, God spoke to me and said, my son, my son, you were dwelt under this sign from now on. And it was a beautiful neon blue sign called Hilton. <laughs> it hasn't happened always, but... <laughs> I discovered then that I was more of a person to work in the city and the suburbs and not in the jungle. <laughs> but anywhere we at, whether we're in the jungle, whether we are going through a season of pain, through a season of scarcity, that's also a place where we find ourselves. Doesn't matter if we are having fun or we're having we're being put through trials, 
God's presence is always with us. Today I want to share with you, and, and you may be wondering, uh, especially some of our guests, why are there so many hats around? You all look great. I like this one. This is an engineering one of those doo-choo-choo train. You know, and we have all the top hats over there, and we have this variety of hats over here. And, and there's my little Puerto Rican hat, which is an original authentic from the Suarez house, built in 1876. Not the hat. <laughs> the company that, bu that built the hat in Old San Juan. Uh, and the factory is still there, actually, for over 100 years. But you know what? God, this whole idea of fashion, this whole idea of wearing something that we look at. By the way, today I'm wearing my formal Guayabera. You know, and when we're in the Caribbean, and, we're, and, and, and actually in, in the Philippines also, uh, when we don't want to wear the suit, we can go to Congress like this, and that was voted way back in the 60s. The senators in the island can go dress with this kind of shirts because they were expected a suit and tie, but no. The good doctor would probably use one of these one day. But these are, you know, this clothing business, this idea of, of fashion actually began with God. Did you know that? Huh. Way back in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 3, we find that the Lord actually sewed clothing out of animal skins to Adam and Eve. He was the first fashion guru. <laughs> Did you realize that? It is right there, and I'm reading it. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Genesis 3, 21. So fashion actually began back then. Fashion actually is an amazing thing. It is a multi-million dollar industry. It varies from culture to culture. Every nation, every type takes pride on what they wear. Some wear more than others. When I was in Mahawanya, in the Amazon, the women customarily wore something from the waist down. Yeah, nothing from the waist up. So it took a while, and the way we were trained was to look at their eyes. And it was interesting, because it was a discipline. After two days, the innovation had gone, the curiosity was gone. I was topless. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Uh, but, but for them, then they held a party. And this party was a welcoming party for the white folks that had come. I was called white. Pink water was called white. For the white folks that were going into the jungle. And they actually held the party. But it was difficult for me to keep, you know, who was who. Because they kept changing clothes. Now, on a daily basis, they wear their typical Indian indigenous clothes or knots. Very little. But when they held a party, the same person excuses itself two and three times from the party to go and change clothing. And this time they were not wearing indigenous beads or feathers or beautiful concept wares or stuff like that. They were wearing their Gloria Vanderbilts. I am serious. During these parties, they would go to their huts, wear their western clothes, and come to the party because they did not have they didn't wear their western clothes commonly they would change during the party three times that amazing 
It was their way of celebrating, I have something that's good and it's new. It becomes from another world. It's not what I wear every day. So if you see me next Monday, no, I won't put you through that. I'll still wear my Western clothes. Okay? But fashion begins with God. Actually, in creation, we find that God created clothing. And Jesus talks about it when he says about worry and anxiety and all that stuff. He says, and why worry about your clothing, Jesus says. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their own clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. So obviously, the outer wear is somewhat important, especially after the fall. Thank God. Because perhaps when I was 21 and I, was very, I had that, that body that I hope I get back in the resurrection. Remember that? Remember that body, guys? Well, I had one of those. <laughs> and, and I hope I get it back in the resurrection. But you see... It's temporary. Even though clothing is good, even though hats keep us warm, you know, and in Chicago, when I lived in Chicago, I had a wall full of hats. It was amazing. And scarves. And, and not this, because I wasn't a pastor yet. But you've seen my collection of this kind of stuff. It's somehow horrific. But hats had a purpose to keep us warm in Chicago. To keep the wind out of our head and brains so we could think and do other stuff. But clothing was also important in the Old Testament. The vestments of the priests, for example, they all had meaningful. They, were, they had their meaning. It represented different aspects of the law and different aspects. And they were shadows and symbols of who Jesus was going to be and who the Messiah was going to be. Clothing was important, but it is still temporary. You see, the outer wear that we have is temporary. What we have outside today, it goes into the washing machine. In my case, it's Mondays. Um, in other cases, it's on the weekends. My neighbor's is Sunday very early in the morning, <laughs> for which I thank the Lord he wakes me up. And, and she decides to do her laundry and sing as she does her laundry at 4 o'clock in the morning. God bless her. That's Myrtle, my neighbor. Bless her, O oh Lord. But she, now she has a nephew living with her. So that's even better. But, but you see, it's temporary. What we wear outside is temporary. It comes today. It goes later on. I have two suits. One for when I'm fat or one for when I'm less fat. And I'll keep you guessing because they're both black. <laughs> you see? But that's the way it is. It's temporary. So for Jesus, the outer world was actually not as important as the inner clothing, as our inner wear. You see, for Jesus, the outer clothing was important. He says, hey, don't worry about that stuff. But worry about your inner life. Worry about who you are inside. Worry about who and how you react. Because the way we know who we are inside is when we have to react, when we respond to things outside our, our comfort zone. So for Jesus, putting on something other than this outer word was very important. Actually, Jesus in the parables talked about how important was the word of God. That he talked about it in, in the parable of the sower. 
And how he who is able to retain the word and apply it in his or her life is better off. And is going to bloom and grow. And that's inner wearing. That's wearing something inside us. Jesus also talks about growing in the spirit. And that is very important. You see? Because wearing inside is more important than what we wear outside. Our original text talks about in, in, in the call to worship, we see how God in Psalm 104, the, the psalmist describes this beautiful phrase that Chris Tomlin has actually turned it into a beautiful song. He wraps himself in light. And that's God. Yet we have to wrap ourselves in cottons and polyesters and linens that I swore I aren't earlier. And it just wants the iron. So it's temporarily. What Jesus is actually saying is that there is something within us. There is a spirit, there is a soul that also needs to get on and put on some things and get rid of some other stuff. Actually, not only Jesus, but Peter and Paul continue this idea of putting on and taking off. Putting on clothes and taking off clothes. Paul, uh, Paul describes it in, in Romans chapter 13 verse 12. says, the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will come soon here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Yeah. Remove your negativity. Remove your disappointments. Remove your resentments. Remove your opinions. Remove your hate. Like dirty clothes. And put on the shining armor of right living. And that is Romans at the end chapter 13. Paul continues and repeats almost the same thing in Galatians chapter 3. When he says, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. Like putting on new clothes. He continues in efficiency with this idea. And he repeats it over and over to every church that he is writing to. And he says to the Ephesians, put on your new nature, created to be like God. Put on our new nature, created to be like God. In other words, the purpose for which God has done all the story of Jesus and the whole thing is so that you and I will put on Christ and be and function and minister and love and forgive like Christ. Hats are good and pretty. Hats are nice. But you see, when we put off something, we got to put on something else. And if we take away our hatred, our, our dislike for others, if we get off our past ways of doing church... Because that's a challenge we at Lot of Hope has to do. And right now we are in a very interesting crucible where we are trying to fall back into what we know customary. And we're trying, inadvertently, trying to rebuild the past that we just left. Without realizing it, we're trying to rebuild the past. You see, the people in the Old Testament, when they left Egypt, they had their murmuring stories and they had their stuff happening. And it's okay. And because I don't have what I like, what I had at Calvary, what I had at Woodland, or what I had at South Minister, I'd rather go back to Egypt. No, we won't let you do that. We can hear you, but we won't let you go back to Egypt. Because God has committed God's self 
to make Light of Hope a witness in this community. And if you don't know it, you better know it. Because if you have an idea that we don't know where we're going, oh, we know where we're going. We're selling three properties. We're putting those resources together to start a new ministry. It may not look like we're doing right now. That may be part of it. But it's going to be something new. And we're now in a situation where we have to stop desiring the past, rebuilding the past, and start figuring out where are we, who are we, and begin the transformation of our hearts. And begin the transformation of our ways. Shedding away, stripping away, leaving behind that which created church for a generation, but is not working for today's generation. So as we take off those old ways of doing church, I'm not talking about the gospel. The gospel doesn't change. The story doesn't change. The spirit doesn't change. But we must change in the way we approach gospel, we approach people, we approach and talk about church. That must change. So we must take away, we must put on the new nature that God has given us. We must put on that shining armor. Paul goes over again and in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, put on God's armor. And he describes what the armor is. I won't get into that one today. But Jesus, Jesus knew his disciples were going to be experiencing big changes in their lives once he died and went up to heaven. And Jesus told them that they had to take up. They have to take up the yoke. And they had to learn to be humble and gentle in their hearts. And he said, for my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. Jesus also required us and requested us to carry something. Not only our Dolce Gabbana and our nice Calvin Kleins and those beautiful items. But Jesus spoke to the disciples saying, If any of you want to be my follower, you must turn away from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Let's strip away, my dear lot of hope, beloved sisters and brothers. Let's strip away those tendencies of wanting to rebuild, those tendencies of wanting to stay at our past. Let's strip away the anger. Let's strip away the hatred. Let's strip away the, the division between families. Let's strip away the division between peoples. Let's strip away divisions once and for all. Because Christ has made us one out of two peoples. Christ has made us one. Put on and clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And as Christ forgave you, you forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Amen. Usually at the end of the service, I would like to have a short prayer. And I will do so, but this one's going to be a guided prayer where I want you right there quietly where you're at to identify some kind of 
material, a shirt, perhaps a t-shirt, perhaps a pair of pants that you really want to get rid of in your life. It may be a pain, it may be a memory, it may be a sorrow, it may be a past experience. So close your eyes right there where you're at. If you would be so kind and let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your encouragement for us to take away, for us to strip off, for us to just shed old ways that are not building our lives in your kingdom. Whether it be my past that I consider it so important that I want to live it all the time, whether it is my health that's an idol, whether it is my stuff, teach me, O oh God, to put away those things that are not of such importance and to put on the inner wear of your spirit, the inner wear of love, kindness, patience, joy, the inner works of tender and mercy, the inner wear of your spirit that leads us to build positive, healthy relationships with one another. Help us to just send away to the laundry and maybe not even have to go back and get it. Ways which have not worked in the past in your kingdom. And teach us new ways. Teach us how to sow again a community. Teach us how to stitch together our lives with the string of your word and the needles of your love. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you, Lord, for being with us, even if we're wearing hats. Thank you, Lord, for changing our hearts. Through Christ we pray. Amen. amen. And amen.